Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, everyone, this is David Dunphy. Before we turn it over to Anthony and the BPI crew, I am going to give you this opening CEU code for anyone getting credit. The opening code is 00804. Again, the opening CEU code is 00804. I'll give you the closing at the end. Okay, Anthony, it's all yours. All right, and David, if you can give us a five-minute time warning when we're hitting the end of the program, that would be great. Will do. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Would it be a BBI program without the proverbial welcome, welcome, welcome? Um, I am Anthony Corona, and I'm here with some amazing guys in the audio description field. And as you all know, uh, BPI has a strong relationship and a strong love for audio description. Our board member, Chris Snyder, is uh, part of the AudioEyes team, and he's here today. Uh, Byron Lee, who you know uh, from all of our programming and all of the wonderful things that he does, is here today. J.J. Hunt, who is an audio description writer and I believe at times a narrator as well. If not, he can correct me. Is mm-hmm is here and uh we have mr roy samuelson who you know from previous bpi panels from uh the wonderful banquet speech that he gave last year and all of the beautiful audio description work he has done over the years all of his advocacy in fact david and i were speaking right before we went on air about uh, star trek and how we enjoyed uh his work this year on that and we would like to take one quick moment to congratulate mr samuelson for winning a audio description project that is the uh, american council of the blinds project for uh audio description congratulations roy it is so very well deserved oh thanks so much it means a lot to me and i think we also have another uh, achievement award winner on our our call today as well oh yes <laughs> <laughs> why why don't you all um take a moment and introduce yourselves and tell us what your what your role in audio description is and then we're going to talk a little about uh the piece that we put together together uh last uh, fall slash winter so we'll start from the top down roy hey uh my name is roy samuelson and i voice audio description and uh, uh recently i've been adding to uh the advocacy by making sure that uh disability performers are included in this work as well as uh maintaining the quality and excellence that uh that this kind of work deserves uh it's really exciting to be able to have the opportunity to uh to be with you all today and Chris, that's something you're very passionate about. What's your famous phrase? Nothing about us without us. Exactly. Only it's not mine. I stole that from uh, other disability advocates. Um, uh, so I'm Chris Snyder. Uh, I have uh, I work with AudioEyes, uh, who describes a lot of programming on uh, ABC and uh, and other other places. And um, I'm also a a uh, very proud member of Imagination Video Books, um, yes, which is yes. a, which is an audio description. Uh, well, it's a it's a company which describes illustrated children's books um, and and puts the whole thing together with the with the narration of the book and the description together. With it's it's just it's such a wonderful endeavor, um, and it's and it's um, something that I wish as a totally blind kid when i was i was born blind um and i i really wish that i had had something like that and um being able to bring that to uh to kids today is is something that is very cool so i'm very lucky that uh richard Riemann uh brought me in on it it's it's a wonderful um organization 
And congratulations, and congratulations for... on the achievement. It's yeah. it's really something. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take it to JJ Hunt. Hey, hello, JJ. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm JJ Hunt. I'm a, I'm a describer and a narrator. I describe uh, all kinds of things, movies and television and museums, live events. Um, and, you know, recently I've been uh, working this past year with my friend Christine Malik on a podcast called Talk Description to Me. And in that podcast, we just kind of describe, we have description-rich conversations about um, all kinds of things in the world. So news events and, uh, you know, happenings and social media and just basically the world around us. So it's, it's essentially us trying to take the audio description mindset and have conversations from a, a blind low vision perspective and try and just uh, describe the world around us. So that's my involvement with, uh, with description and kind of where I'm at these days. And of course, we are also joined by the fabulous Byron Lee, who has all kinds of credits to his name, but is new in the audio description world. Byron, tell us a little about yourself. Well, thank you. And, and, and congratulations to Imagination Video Books and Roy Samuelson for your um, achievement awards. That's so cool. Um, I'm the sort of newbie here. Um, I have been doing a lot of audio editing for Roy Samuelson on the Know Your Narrator podcast. Um, and recently, I have started getting involved in audio description. I've done a few voiceover projects for um, Audio Eyes. Um, let's see, I, I was on Mafi, which was an independent film channel movie. And, um, what was the name of that other one that I was on, Chris? Um, it's the name of it's escaping my mind at the moment. Um, um, there, there were a couple, they, they, uh, those were for, um, I think those were for the, uh, the college mm -hmm. though. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, and then we also did, um, an audio description track for a movie called the way he looks through, um, Roy Samuelson. He got me involved in that. And then, um, no other, uh, no, the, uh, say, say his name. Yeah. Say his name. Yeah. That was through, um, that was through Roy. Uh, right. The way he looks is is. Uh, oh gosh, my sorry, my brain, my brain, <laughs> my brain, my brain. Convention okay, brain. My, at, I have, I have convention fog. Yeah. Yep. So the way he looks was sort of a, a BPI exclusive. We, um, we are going to be showing that on Friday after the Paralympics. Um, and it is a story about a, a gay teenage boy who is also blind. And so we'll be showing that. But also say his name, uh, was a documentary about George Floyd. And I, uh, helped with the, the, uh, the mixing and engineering of, of that movie. So I'm just sort of entering the fray of audio description and it's, it's a really fun and fascinating so i'm happy to be here and helping out with this panel so the way we imagine today's panel to go uh is we're going to tell a little story uh which will help highlight how audio description works sometimes and then we're going to open it up to all of you out there who have questions for these fine gentlemen um i i guess i'll start the story back uh the late summer early fall of last year blind park international wanted to take uh, a virtual convention for the first time for a special interest other than Randall Shepard. Um, and we wanted to really have some quality programming. And one of the things that we decided to include was to talk about 
um, drag because for those who were born blind or lost their sight early on, they probably never experienced um, a drag performance, a drag performer, the art of drag. And so we thought that would be something cool to bring to the table. P.S. You'll be able to listen to Behind the Makeup, uh, a very, very interesting interview with um, Angel Sheridan, a world-renowned drag performer, uh, after this panel. Um, and the piece that we ended up producing was for that original showing um, and we'll be showing it at the end of this panel uh, so you'll be able to hear the finished product of what we're going to talk about so I of course did some research and started looking and found to my dismay that I could not no matter how I searched find an actual audio described drag performance track so having um, a little bit of a friendship with Roy I I sent a flurry of emails to him saying, I have this idea. You always seem to be game for anything. So can you help me make this happen? I will absolutely admit at the moment that I was sending those emails, I thought, all right, it's only a seven minute piece. Roy would be able to kind of take a look at it and just rattle out something like live description and in, in theater at that point. I hadn't known, I didn't know as much as I know now about audio description and even in live theater they're working off of, of some form of script and and um and so roy very generously said um yeah i i don't know exactly how we'll make this happen now but i will help you make it happen and i'm going to turn the telling of the story to roy from this point roy when you first got those emails be honest did you think this guy this group is crazy we're not going to do this. <laughs> oh boy, not at all. And here's where it wasn't crazy. I think the, uh, you know, let's go back to, to JJ and Christine with their talk description to me, another special recognition for the Achievement Awards winner this year. They, they have brought their current events. They filled a vacuum that was missing in our blind community when it comes to culture and access. And I think where you're talking, Anthony, is that that also intersectionality of, of gay culture, of drag, of, of being able to access that as well. So there was definitely something, you know, as a gay guy, I'm thinking this is something that we're, we're tapping into the intersectionality here. I'm a sighted guy, but I saw that I had engaged in my own experience of being able to to share the joy and the excitement and, and you know, some of the the hilarity of, of drag. And it's just uh, it was such a cultural impact on me that why can't our blind friends and audiences experience that as well, straight or gay? And so there's something to that that really tapped into it. And as you said, audio description, there is an assumption that as JJ is a connoisseur of creation, both as writing and voicing. I'm just the voice. And I love, you know, with the uh, Say His Name, uh, which, by the way, is premiering at the uh, Dances with Films in Los Angeles next month. Um, we've got a way of putting together audio description in a way that's it's really an adaptation. It's it's not just closed captioning. It does take work. And so with JJ's experience of doing, you know, uh, the uh, uh, forgive me, JJ, it's the uh, the Pride International or Pride in. Um, yeah, the Toronto Pride Parade. And we did when Toronto did host um, the World Pride. I, I described that yeah. as well. There we go. I didn't want to limit it down to just Toronto, so I'm glad you said the World Pride too. But it's like these are the the familiarity that the JJ had. So let's start using our resources together. As audio description has many different roles, from the the writing to the casting to the voicing to the uh, the editing to the mixing to the quality control. All these elements are essential to audio description. So let's put a team together. 
So before we before we go to JJ, um, you know, I, I'd like to point out that that drag performance um, is not just for the LGBTQ community. Um, there are famous restaurants, Hamburger Mary's, uh, which is where uh, we met Angel Sheridan in the first place. Uh, Lips in New York City. I could go on and on. I'm not going to name all the drag bars that uh, or performance spaces that I've been to in my life. But um, all, often there'll be more straight folks in the room than there are from the lgbtq community because it's just such a beautiful expression of you know a lot of it is mimicry a lot of it is paying homage um but there are some avant-garde performers and, and angel will talk about that a little later on that do their own thing to stunning results um i remember my first experience with um with a drag personage was watching reruns of all in the family when i was a kid and not quite understanding you know the the scope the magnitude of a show like that you know producing a storyline like that and what it really meant and what drag really meant throughout the years so i just kind of wanted to point that out um so roy after after our initial discussion you educated me enough to know that we'd need somebody who could really write it that would respect the performance and respect your your, your voicing of that performance so JJ, you stepped up. Tell us what the conversation between the two of you were at, at the inception of this. Yeah, well, Roy reached out, and uh, and and I've known Roy a little bit through uh, through the Facebook channels, and and I'd been on his podcast, and so he reached out and he said, "So, what do you think of this?" And he sent me the video and and asked if I would be interested in uh, in in coming up with some description for it. And I said, "Sure, why not? I'm kind of game, you know. I, just in life, uh, I'm always interested. If someone puts something new in." front of me i am generally gonna say yes and so i you know i've uh, i've worked uh, the pride parade i've worked some of those events but i haven't done too many i haven't done like an actual drag performance before so i thought yeah i'm totally in and of course it's it's full of challenges i mean every description project has unique challenges and with drag there are some very particular challenges you know you've got a you're trying to describe while there's music constantly and lyrics that you want to catch and they're costuming elements that are you know absolutely essential to get because if you miss a mentioning costume when the costume changes and you're not going to get the special effect that comes out of that costume later on you know there are all sorts of things so i love the challenge of it and uh, and got to work writing it up and uh, and once i'd written up a script i bounced it back to roy and uh, and he was good enough to put his uh, lovely voice to the script and uh, and make my words sound even better so that was kind of the process for us that's how it got from from roy to me to back to Roy again. Well, I have to say, um, I had it described by my sister. I had it described by Gabriel's uh, sister cousin. And, um, you know, I had multiple impressions of what was going on. And there is absolutely no way that anyone could audio describe every single movement, every single piece that's going on on stage in, in a furiously, you know, explosion of extravaganza of performance. But you um, absolutely gave us the, the best overall feel I, I i felt like i was sitting there listening to the performance live um so roy it got bounced back to you um were there any script suggestions or changes along the way or right then and there did you know that was the that was the product well it's i'm in, I'm in such good hands with jj like jj knows what what he's doing and it's it was super clear when i got it and it's as you had said those 
there's no way that the enemy of time with audio description is is constant battle and being able to make those judicious decisions and say this is the most important this is what's going to support the story i think he did an excellent job and you know at that point it was just um i appreciate uh, jj saying my lovely voice but what i find uh, absolutely appealing, and this is where the voiceover stuff comes in, is that uh, it's not just setting the tone, it's also bringing intention. Like, is this to yeah. titillate? Is this to excite? Is this to to tease? Is this to be playful? Is this just uh, to celebrate? That These are two verbs that uh, are very essential to any voiceover performance, whether it's audio description or otherwise. And being able to bring that intent to this particular job, I mean, it was effortless just because the, the words were right there. So the next piece of the story goes to our board member, Chris Snyder, who, uh, again, congratulations for all of all of the accolades that you've gotten over the course of your career. I um, will take a point of privilege and say that your description of the Goldbergs is <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a show. They got one I, more I, season in a man that's that's <laughs> what I understand. And now I'm doing a good doctor and that's a lot of fun, too. But it's a show that I watched um, the first season of before I lost my eyesight. And I, I took two seasons off because I was afraid of tele, not afraid. I was, I was disappointed. Um, I didn't know anything about audio description, you know, until about two and a half years into being blind. Um, and so I took a, I, you know, I, I was hugely, hugely um, into the Goldbergs, into Scandal and, and um, oh God, the one with Viola Davis, but I didn't watch anything for like two years. And then someone told me about audio description and I'll never forget walking into that BPI suite the very first time and hearing you and going, I know him, I know him, but I didn't remember where I knew you from until after we had already left and, and I was talking to Gabriel and he's like, yeah, he does audio description for shows on TV and I was like, oh, the Goldberg, that's him! But I'm digressing. <laughs> Um, your role so graciously and all of these gentlemen donated their time, their expertise to this project. So thank you for that as well. Your role was to put this all together and make it sound, uh, exciting and still look good for those who might have low or complete vision. So tell us about your part of the project. So, uh, so Roy gave me the, uh, the audio description track, his voiceover track, um, which was just him by himself. Um, and then, um, the and then I received the the uh, MOV file the, the the movie file um which which is a you'll have, somebody will have to correct me if I'm wrong about this but it, it was very much a um like a basically from a camera mounted somewhere or a phone I'm not sure which but something something like that it was it was a it was not a like a it's pro, a more raw, yes. like yeah it wasn't hooked up to somebody's soundboard uh, at all so so we were dealing with the live environment um which has some unique challenges when you're trying to mix. So the first thing I do with the voiceover uh, is it, with those two files, as I set up a, a Pro Tools session, I work in Pro Tools um, because um, I've, I've grown very used to it and it's kind of the industry standard even today. Um, and um, so I brought these, these files in, created the session, and then, um, and then I go through and I um, edit the, the uh, description track. I take out, uh, there's a couple of plugins you run, um, for those of the, that want to get, I won't get too technical here, but but there's a couple of plugins that take care of uh, any clicking noises that uh, inevitably crop up with uh, voiceover, and um, and then if if somebody is in now, Roy has a pristine recording environment, but if there is somebody who has a, a sort of a loud environment, if they have like an AC in the background or something like that, it's not 
I can't fix everything, but something that has a mild um, hum in the background or something like that, we can we can take care of that. Um, Gee, what, with- what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> some and some uh, some people have reverb, uh, you know, that you have to get rid of in their rooms if they don't have a, a VO booth to go into. So you you do all that, and then I take out um, breaths um, that that are, are too loud and. Um, might distract from the description um, and I go through and I clean that up and occasionally not necessarily on this project so much although there was a little bit um, uh, just a touch of placement so that the writer gives you time codes um, we all we all operate um, with with time codes we all we all know that it's six minutes and 36 seconds and sometimes depending on the company down to the frame although i think that's a little much because there has to be a little room for for as i call as i steal from dr who jiggery pokery um you, you got to have a little room to, to nudge things one way or the other but um but basically you know at, at six minutes and 36 seconds there's a uh, this is where that description goes. And maybe maybe you need to put it at 6 minutes and 37 or 6 minutes and 34, it, depending on what's happening on the track and, and if the timing seems right. So um, so placement, there's, there can be a little bit of that. And then in this particular case, as I said, the recording presented its own challenges because it wasn't taken from the soundboard. Uh, it, was a, it was a literal recording of the room, um, which made it hard to kind of gauge what to do in terms of eq and in fact in this project i'm I'm remembering it was a while ago um and a lot of a lot of descriptions have flown through my brain since then but um the the thing this is one of the rare cases where i actually applied some eq to the recording itself to to kind of make it work better with um what we were trying to do in terms of like airing it and, and, and playing it for people um I, I i i changed some of the eq in it to give it a little more body um and to awesome. make it so that so that roy's beautiful words would would uh would stand out against it rather than sort of be mixed in and be muddy with the with the recording and then um i put eq on roy and mixed them together um you know you have to you have to be very careful when you're mixing description and particularly in a, in a situation like that where it is live where the music can go from being fairly quiet to being really loud in the space of a couple of seconds yeah. you got to be careful enough to flatten that curve uh, curve a little bit so that um so that people can just listen because you know it's a matter of processing it all so um and then you know at the end of it all once it's all mixed and everything um rendering it and and uh, making sure that it comes out with picture and uh, normalizing the uh, levels so that it's broadcast ready in case it ever had to be broadcast so all of that stuff gets done and then it goes back uh, out to um well in that case byron and anthony who um we're going to stream it so well, there was there was another step in the process, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask you two questions. And um, the first you sort of touched on. So, if you want to expand a little bit, there is a lot of audience reaction um, to yeah. <laughs> to what's going yeah. on on stage, and and mm-hmm. I definitely noticed a marked difference between the raw video that was given to us and and the produced quality. How much of a challenge was that for you? And and um, you know, did you literally have to kind of go second by second? Yes, I, I I I made sure that the that the faders. I, I was very cognizant at every moment of that recording about the levels uh, of the of the program in particular. Roy, you know, Roy's a pro. Roy delivers me a a, a beautifully um, 
flatlined in terms of, of volume, right? He doesn't go, his, his voice doesn't go all the way up here and then go and drop down here to be quiet. You know, it's, he's very um, professional in that way. And, and I don't have to worry too much about his volume. Um, but the show was just sort of all over the place. And I, I wanted to make sure that everybody could hear it. Um, and, and so controlling some of those reactions, especially while we were talking over them, um, was super important. And I, and I also didn't want people to have to change their own volume. Like they would, they might on a, like if they watch that without description on YouTube or whatever, um, you know, maybe they ride their phone's volume a little, Oh my God, that, that part got really loud, you know? And there was a little bit of, because it, again, because it was a live room recording, there was a little distortion that I attempted to clean up and, and stuff like that. I, I just, you know, I, I wanted to make that, uh, video as as clean as I could given what I had to work with but as any audio engineer will tell you um, y- you you can only improve so much on the raw recording you get that's why whenever people whenever people send me things I ask that they not process them so that I can deal with the processing and and you know try to do it justice the other question is a more general question but you were talking about placement and it made me think of things that have come up in, in some of our past. Uh, sessions of audio description. So sometimes we'll hear and she storms out and slams the door and 20 or 30 seconds will go by before the door actually slams. Can you, can you talk a little bit about um, your, your uh, process for placement? So we would never allow uh, descriptions of sounds. If you can hear the door slam, we're not going to tell you that, but, um, but yes, she storms out and then she does it 20 seconds later. That's awful. And, and I, I, really dis- I really disagree with people who think that leading the description to such a degree, to such an extreme, if you do it by four or five seconds because there's no time, that, that makes sense. It's logical. But if you're doing it by, if you're leading by more than, I would say, 10 seconds maximum, then you're off the mark. Um, there's, just no, there's just no reason. Unless, and again, this, so a lot of projects today are not dialogue heavy we've kind of gotten away from that um if you look at tv programs and movies and stuff that have come out um i really think since like 2008 or so it seems to be kind of a demarcation um game of thrones is where i really noticed it for the first time where where there was so much less dependence on dialogue to convey stuff um but maybe maybe other people might notice it in other places um but in situations like that, you have a lot of room to place your description, and there's absolutely no excuse for not placing it correctly on the action, slightly before the action, or slightly after the action, depending on the situation. Um, if you, you know, there's there's no reason to lead things by such a degree, in my opinion. So, change in program. I'm going to ask you to get the the video geared up after we finish our story of this. Um, I think before we open to audience questions, we'll run it so that if they have any questions on this specific performance, they have time to actually ask it. Um, Byron, I tapped you uh, for a lot of things, but I tapped you for quality control. Um, I know what the raw. Yeah, we both did actually. We both knew what the raw video sounded like. You have a little bit of sight. I know Roy you know, did the, the last minute, making sure that the, the site and, and uh, sound all matched up. But um, what was it, what was it like for you after you had already seen the raw video and then, and then put the magic, all the magic of these three together? What was it like to you when you, when you got it for quality control? Well, first of all, the script was written so well that, that there wasn't much need for, um, you know, correction of anything in the script, but um, it, it was just amazing how much I had missed 
I'm a I'm a low vision person, so I can see what's happening on the screen to some degree. But it was crazy how much I actually missed, especially things happening out in the audience uh, or things that were very very fast, things that happened very quickly, and I didn't catch it. Um, so I, I thought the script was really well done. Um, one of the other things that I one of the other things that I was involved in was that this video was, uh, if I recall correctly, and this was like a year ago. This video was like embedded in, uh, you know, a, a web, you know, like a web player, and we were not able yeah. to get it in such a way that we could work with it. So I actually have tools that allow me to convert video from one format to another. Um, so I was able to convert it to something that Chris could actually work with. Um, so that was that was the other part of my involvement. And then the other part was the streaming, which I'm going to be doing again. Um, sharing the video <laughs> yeah. to Zoom and making sure it's, uh, you know, in stereo and making sure it's in, uh, uh, you know, high quality video and all that, making sure that everyone gets to hear and see what's happening uh, in this performance. So happy to help out in any way I can. So before we go to the video from um, all three of your perspectives, what was the most challenging part of doing this? Let's go backwards. We'll go from Chris to JJ, JJ to Roy. Chris? All right. I am so sorry. No, no. I'm <laughs> My stupid phone. I kept hitting unmute, but it kept jumping focus to the uh, the, the picture above it. Um, <laughs> that's so cute, isn't it? Um, the challenge was the, the, the equality of the audio of the, of the film. That's, that's really uh, where I encountered the most trouble. Um, the, other, the other thing that was less challenging but still very interesting was making sure that any of the, the spoken parts of the, the show or anything, any of the lyrics that were then tied to the actions that were described were uh, it, that the, the descriptions were placed in such a way that they were still audible and could be, could be gathered in context. So awesome. JJ? Yeah, for me, I mean, again, some of the challenges around the, the pacing and the timing um, and just the amount of stuff, the amount of stuff that's happening in this seven minute video, right? From, from wild costumes to dance moves to, and then there, there's a section where there are other Disney characters being referenced. So we have to make sure when they come on, there's a description of what they're doing, what their actions are. And if possible, if I can link that, because I might say a lobster and someone's like, what a lobster and you got to explain no 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 it's a lobster from so you know you got to make that connection help people make those connections trying to fit it all in and i gotta say i i kind of took advantage of the fact that that the the audio itself was recorded in room as chris talked <clears throat> about and took advantage of that and said well since that's the case uh, and you can't hear every word anyway i might uh, step on a few lines of dialogue so trying to get it all in in a piece like this that's the big challenge for for me as a writer before we go to Roy, I would imagine, um, you know, I, I think that anime and, and things like that are probably the hardest thing to write for. In in some ways, was it the same sort of challenge or, or link a linkable kind of challenge? Yeah, for sure. It, it, uh, the only thing I've ever described that was really more challenging than this, I, I described an episode of The Family Guy, but it was Family Guy doing a Star Wars parody. <gasps> I and love that show. It's a great, it's a great one. But the challenge 
there, I mean, first of all, the pacing of those of animated stuff can be, it, it's just breakneck. And now you've got all the action that's on screen, but you also, again, everything is referencing some, something else. So every character on the show is also dressed up as a character yeah. or, you know, designed as a character and they're in a ship. And it was like a 22 minute, you know, it's just a half an hour episode. And I probably spent eight hours writing that script because I got really into it. I wanted to make sure that every character had a name that worked for both. So it was like Darth Stewie. So that when I said the character's name, you're going to know both the character from the show and the character of the show that they're parodying. And I wanted to make sure that the ships still had the correct Star Wars names to it. So, but aside from that, this kind of thing, musicals uh, are about as challenging as it gets from a, from a time and just amount of stuff standpoint, you know? Oh, well, yeah, let me I remember, I remember DQing, uh, I, I remember, de- I remember DQing, uh, and, and producing quite a bit of animated content, um, back when, when I used to work long ago, when we did, uh, the wonderful world of Disney, we used to do some Disney films, um, and they were, they were just, you know, Peter Pan and, and like, oh my God, there's just so much going on. And, you know, and the, and the QC sessions would last for 12 hours. Just because well, they were so hard to, to get everything in. And, and back in those days, not only did you, well, they still do it. Animation is, th- is still really dialogue heavy, but, but even in, in those days, it was worse. <laughs> it was just so hard. <laughs> well, from a fanboy perspective, it does not surprise me that you were the one that did the Family Guy episode, like major, major kudos. Because um, I saw <laughs> it when I had sight and I saw it again with audio description. Uh, Roy, so you're the final, you know, the final piece of this puzzle because you're the voice that you know everyone associates with this project um what was most challenging for you or what are you most proud of i think it's the uh, uh the challenge is overcoming assumptions about audio description even hearing everybody talk like a bunch of gay white guys and gay friendly jj there's something about all the care and consideration that's gone into this work as well as many other projects uh, i deal mostly with film and tv production and on the uh um on the podcast, Know Your Narrator and all the bonus episodes, whether we're interviewing someone like Chris, an engineer or writers or other advocates, when audio description is done right, you don't notice it. And that's a double-edged sword. First of all, the obvious benefit is that the audience is fully immersed and is able to have an experience in parody to sighted audiences, whether it's the timing that Chris has talked about or the, you know, the mix, like how loud or soft it goes to the, to the, the writing, the words chosen, why this word and what does this word mean to the, the voice talents who can bring those words hopefully to life in a way that doesn't distract. So all these things are coming together. I can't help but think that all this care and consideration that, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, that the weakest link can hurt audio descriptions. So it's uh, it's exciting to see what we're able to do together to make this invisible in a way that's supporting the story that's trying to be told. So I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of both. It's both a, a challenge and a celebration. Nice. So you know, um, can I just can I just yeah, before please. we before we I just want to say that to me as a as a blind gay person, it it really matters to be involved to me to be involved in projects that are lgbt oriented um whether that's in the the qc side of it or or, or any aspect of it um it, it it's so much of of the blind community has been sort of shielded 
and and some some I've I, I've actually met and dealt with some people who either won't write or won't voice anything of a sexual nature period or anything of a that is perceived to be of this or that or the other and there are even there are even uh, places where we're not allowed to mention certain things and it's like having the ability to to do this particular project to work on this and and to do things like Rafiki the way he looks and all that. Um, it's it's just huge to me um, because there's not there's not a lot of it out there to start with, let alone any of it that has description. Yeah, and so disclaimer, you know, the reason we we wanted to do this panel was uh, you know trifold. A, we wanted to celebrate some really awesome hard work that produced something that hadn't been produced before. You know, B to to tell the story of how we did this. Um, in answer to questions out there for that people have is how does audio description work? But the disclaimer is is that this is not how your television show or your movie is produced. It's a glimpse into you know an alternate audio description project that might give you ideas. Um, we are going to open it up for questions after Chris runs the video, but we're going to talk for a few minutes before we do the questions about the advocacy that. The these fine folks are doing in the space of audio description. So, Chris, are you ready to go? Actually, uh, I think this is Byron's job, not yep, mine. Yep. Oh, sorry. Byron, are you ready to go? I am. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and start the uh, the audio description. Uh, the very first audio description pro uh, audio of uh, drag performance. This is going to be awesome. Inside a bar, silhouetted patrons face a curtained stage, awash in colorful flashing lights. At our far left, Aladdin shakes hands with a member of the audience. Wearing white parachute pants with a purple sash, a purple sequined fez, and a matching vest over his bare, sculpted torso, he leaps off the stage as if into an orchestra pit, then climbs back up with a brass lamp in his hands. He pats and rubs the lamp. Curtains part. A curvy drag queen genie steps through the parton curtains, wearing pleated gold lame pants, a purple sequin top with a low neckline and flared cuffs, and her brown hair piled high atop her head like a sculpted flame. She struts around the stage, lip-syncing. Aladdin follows her, scratching his head. Genie and Aladdin pretend to box. Genie knocks Aladdin down, then straddle walks over him. She wags her finger, and Aladdin climbs to his feet. Aladdin whispers in her ear. She gestures with a gold handkerchief. The handkerchief transforms into a dancing cane. Three bare-chested male dancers in parachute pants and the May vests join them on stage. They line up.
up behind Jeannie and follow her dance moves, tapping and spinning their dancing canes. Jeannie and the backup dancers do the Charleston. Aladdin drops to one knee when Jeannie tosses him her cane. She pulls two bouquets of flowers from her bosom, then pulls a seemingly endless ribbon from Aladdin's fez. Aladdin gets to his feet, beaming, then steps off stage with the dancers. Jeannie snaps her fingers as she sings to the crowd. She shuffles her hips, and Aladdin and the backup dancers swagger back on stage. They line up, spin toward the front of the stage, and throw sparkly streamers into the crowd. They all dance the Charleston, stepping forwards and backwards to the beat, swinging their arms from side to side. They shimmy from side to side, stabbing their hands in the air. They kick and spin around. Jeannie pulls another bouquet from her bosom. Jeannie struts off the stage, and two belly dancers emerge from the part in the curtains. They dance for the crowd in flowing skirts and sparkling crop tops. Aladdin and the backup dancers step forward to dance with them, following their gestures and swaying their hips. Dancers hoe down off the stage as Jeannie shuffles back on, wearing a strappy blue sequin mini dress with a fringed hem. Belle from Beauty and the Beast sashays across the stage in a bright yellow gown, waving as she exits. Sebastian, a man in a red lobster suit, quickly waddles through the parted curtains. He shuffles back and forth, waving his red foam lobster claws. Sebastian leaves, and Pocahontas briefly steps on stage. sashays across the stage again, and two backup dancers hide Aladdin behind a sheet of red fabric. They pull down the fabric, and Aladdin is gone. All of the dancers join Genie on stage. Aladdin joins her too. They tap dance in unison, shuffling their hips. kick back their heels and swing their arms. One of the belly dancers spins, then windows her arms. A backup dancer leaps and spins. With Chidi in the middle, all the performers line up and link arms. 
kick line, kicking side to side in unison. shuffle their hips and shimmy their shoulders in unison. They strike a pose and streamers shoot down from the ceiling. Alright, so the genie from that performance is Miss Angel Sheridan and uh, behind the makeup Later on, you will be able to hear a, a phenomenal interview. Um, so I would like to ask uh, the three or four panelists, if, if you'd like to speak up, the first and, and uh, most important coming from the American Council of the Blind, uh, piece of advocacy, place to go, you know, anything, audio description is, of course, the audio description project. Um, but these fine gentlemen are doing all kinds of advocacy throughout the industry. Um, if you've already mentioned some really great podcasts to check out, but if you can tell us some of the work you're doing and some other resources we should check out. And David, while they're doing that, get ready to start uh, answering, uh, you know, calling out some hands. Who wants to go first, gentlemen? All right, then I'll call on Roy. <laughs> okay, I'll jump in. So there's so many great new opportunities for recognition in strengthening both our blind community and the entertainment industry as a whole. I'm thinking about the uh, the Television Academy, the home of the Primetime Emmys, now including audio description narrators as their credits for television uh, yeah. qualifying for membership. It's not uh, an award for audio description, but it's the ability for audio description narrators to be able to join this this uh, the Emmys, basically, and be able to vote for the Emmys. That, that kind of recognition is starting to spill over to many other areas of the connection between the entertainment industry as well as our our own blind and low vision audiences and with that there's a great opportunity for blind and low vision leaders as well as experts to continue to up their game and continue to grow their skills whether they're new or people like chris to be acknowledged for all the work that he's done throughout the years in audio description and as more blind people who are not just blind people but are experts who know their stuff are doing the best of the best. I mean, you can't listen to Chris and not understand the care and, and consideration that he puts into the work, even for something that's, you know, essentially uh, this home video style, you know, it's like he brought such care to it. And that's what makes audio description great. These kinds of decisions and these kinds of abilities that are there that make audio description great. I think also about the audio description discussion group on Facebook that uh, uh, started with Kevin maybe about two years ago. It's grown to over 1,400 people, and there's some really engaging conversations happening there. And of course, oh, yeah. the uh, audio description um uh, Network Alliance, uh, ADNA, theadna.org has the podcast, which features not just narrators in the Know Your Narrator podcast, but over 100 interviews with professionals who bring their own nuanced perspective on what makes audio description great. So, JJ, your podcast is fascinating. Um, it's really, really well done. Have you ever listened to Brian and Carl's podcast coming out of the audio description project? I have indeed. I, I, I listened to that one. I mean, it's what an amazing world we currently live in that there. I mean, we had a whole panel on on podcasts about audio description yesterday. I mean, that's phenomenal. We couldn't even, there wouldn't be enough uh, like a year ago. There were only a handful of podcasts 
podcasts for, that, that dealt with audio description a year ago. And now we've got enough to, to fill a whole panel. I mean, there, there's so many good ones. Uh, and anyone who hasn't checked that panel out, by the way, definitely look that one up because it was, there was some amazing stuff. People, uh, it was a great panel of folks, but the, the, the podcasting world, there's a lot of great po- uh, audio description stuff being uh, discussed in the podcasting realm. I'm a huge fan of, of personal advocacy. If there's anything that you as a description user want described that is not described, ask. Like like literally anything. If you go into a restaurant and, and you're with someone who says, oh man, this has got really interesting uh, uh, decor in here. Well, ask, is there, is there a description available of this at a restaurant? Why not? You go into a museum, that museum should absolutely have description. Anywhere you go, any kind of festival you want to be a part of, ask if they've got audio description. And if they don't, help create it. Like I am such a big fan of of collaborations. You know, I think description users are the best description user creators. They they need to we need to be involved as an industry. We kind of strayed a little bit too far away as an industry and uh and it be it, it was uh too far away from um nothing uh nothing for us without us uh which i'm uh, you know uh, I, I love that saying as well and it's absolutely true so uh you know as far as advocacy goes um whatever you can get involved with however you want to participate in ask about it and then and then join as a collaborator find a describer that you like uh find a narrator that you like find someone who you want to work with and uh and see what you can make happen because that's how interesting projects like this get off the ground And Chris, you've been fighting for years for our community to have more of a representation, uh, you know, in the content creator side of things. So do you feel in the last couple of years that it's it's gotten close to where you wish it to be as as someone who's been blind since birth? I will say that it has gotten a lot better. Is it where I want it to be? No, it's not, Um, because I really believe that this industry should be majority blind i i just do i i with all respect to to all of the marvelously talented uh sighted folks that are involved um uh, this is something that we can do and we should do and and i really feel like uh we have made an enormous progress thanks to sighted allies m- by and large um because it is it is um it is very hard in the entertainment industry to get them to listen Disabled people have been clamoring for years about representation, um, but it really only started becoming more representative when we started getting people to to help advocate. Unfortunately, um, just because that's that's just how they it's just how it operates. I mean, it's just one of the realities of the situation. Um, but I think we're getting a lot better, and I expect and hope that we will continue to improve. Um, I, I would say this, I would say whenever you as a blind person um, have an interest in getting involved in this industry, um, make sure that you are presenting your best face. Make sure that um, that you, if you know, if you want to be, um, for example, a QC person, attend a session by by Joel Snyder, or um, or you know, uh, get with a company that offers in-house training, um, and, and but make sure it's reputable, and make sure that you have a clear idea of what you want to bring to the table when it comes to participation, whether it's your voice, 
your um, aesthetic sense about description, your passion or your ears or whatever it happens to be, um, just make sure that you're, you know, you're clear about it. Um, and maybe, you know, if, if you feel like there's some description out there that doesn't meet a standard, uh, doesn't meet a, a quality standard to you. Like, I, I think one of the most glaring examples is when sir, there, there are companies out there who still insist on describing sounds <laughs> that we can hear. I think that's just yeah. kind of the most basic. Um, right, right to the, to the, both to the company and to the uh, platform that you're listening on and say, hey, guys, this is not okay. It needs to change, please. Be polite, but be firm. And, 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 and become an advocate for the medium that you are choosing to listen to. Even if you don't get involved in the industry itself, being an advocate out there and saying what, what you feel is a good description versus what you feel is a bad description is so important because right now there are still quite a few companies out there. Um, and I'm, and I'm not necessarily talking about, there are some description companies, but there are a lot of uh, media companies that don't understand that that there are certain standards that you should adhere to, you know. Um, so so be out there and 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 make sure that you write to these people. And and the audio description project from ACB um, is a marvelous resource on on um, being able to right to, yeah. to go yeah to well to go. They have a resource page um, within their within their website, and um, they you know if you want to write to NBC, CBS, ABC, any of the big the big networks, um, you can do that just by just by going to their page and getting the information. But make your voice heard. Make your voice heard. This is this is about us blind people. This is this is about all of us, not just those of us who are who are involved in the industry on a on a production level. It's it's about other blind. It's about all blind people and low vision people and people anyone who consumes description. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, are you ready for some questions? Absolutely. I'm going to take that as a yes. David, who's <laughs> <All> up <right>. first? <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for sharing that video. I've never seen a performance like that. And the music and your audio description was excellent. That must have been a lot of fun to put together. So thank you for sharing. Um, thank you. Just had to add that. Okay. Uh, first, uh, Janine, your hand is up. You can unmute yourself. I know what's coming. <laughs> do you, Anthony? Do you? I do restrain yourself, Miss Janine. <laughs> oh, come on. Anthony, you know you're not my voice crush. You know Roy is. Sorry about you. But I love you anyway, Anthony. So I want to say thank you guys so much for all the work you did. I think you did epically amazing on this. Um, I want to let you know that um, because of you guys and all your work in audio description, you inspired me. And then Nothing About Us Without Us inspired me. I fought so hard. And I've been on a pan I've been a panelist and worked on advocacy to get the Orlando Fringe Festival to do audio description. They had no clue what audio description was. And um we had to develop a program and we worked with Q Media and they only audio described four shows of the hundred shows they did. But four is better than nothing. And we're gonna grow. It's a great start. Yeah. And it's a great start. And I've been fighting in the drag world in Orlando be like, hey, do you have audio description for me? Because, of course, I wanted to see, like, Miss Sammy, and now Miss Sammy's no longer with us, and then um, whoever that guy was that, I don't know who just won RuPaul's, whatever. Um, they just did a Fridden show, and it was amazing. So I just want to say thank you so, so much for all your work. But how much, if an artist, like a Fringe Festival, um, or an artist, or someone who puts this on, um, and they pre-record it, 
how much should they expect to pay for a writer and a voice actor and someone to produce it to get their their performance audio described if they can't do it live obviously they can't do it live sometimes because you know you have to write the script and all that fun stuff so how much should they expect to budget for that so they can make it better for later because you know they need to be better they need to be better and they the performing arts needs to have audio description as well but thank you guys so much so yeah that's my question and yeah thanks um, I just want to start off by saying, um, since I have, I'm sure I know JJ does live description. Um, and of course I've dealt with, uh, and had the pleasure of being a colleague of Terry Grossman, um, in Los Angeles, who has done quite a bit of live theater description, um, in several places throughout, uh, the world, I would, I would venture to say certainly throughout uh, the United States, um, the, there are people who do live description um, on a volunteer basis. If there isn't, if there isn't an, an actual budget for it, yeah. um, that does happen. What has to happen in terms of live shows is um, that the, uh, I mean, and JJ can certainly speak to this more, but um, the standard procedure that I'm aware of is that the writer will go to a show and watch either a dress rehearsal or a um, like a an early performance or a, one of the I forget what they call them. Uh, Anthony, you would know the uh, the the type of performance that's like it's like a pre pre preview, preview performances. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, or, or yeah, they would watch. Yeah. They would watch that and they would make uh, notes and they would they would write the description from that performance. Um, and uh and then they would then be able to describe the next set of performances um and and that's generally how that works so so saying so yes it can be done and it is often done live um i think i think recordings are are another matter and it varies by company how much they would end up paying uh a lot of companies have request quote forms i know audio eyes does um so it just it just depends it depends on the length of the performance it depends on whether there is uh it, whether it's just a complete visual um uh, completely visual performance with no dialogue so like there's going to be constant description that can often cost more because the writer has to deal with all of that and and doesn't you know there's no break at all there's no dialogue to provide context um so it really does i, I wish i could give you a more definitive answer but the best choice for anyone who is interested in doing that is to um, provide a uh, an explanation of what their performance is going to be or is, or even better yet, to provide a video to the company to see, to, to help them understand what they're getting into so that they can give a uh, good estimate. Um, I hope that helps. But if anybody else, Roy or JJ, if you have thoughts about this, by all means... Yeah, I can add just a little bit to that. Uh, first of all, congratulations on getting the festival to to come up to yeah. to four shows. I mean, it might seem small. Four out of 100 is not great, but next year it's eight. And then the year after that, it's 16. And then the next thing you know, with, with because of what you started, because of the seeds that you planted, now you've got a whole, a whole festival that's being described and is more inclusive for everyone. I mean, that's fantastic. So a huge congratulations. Uh, in terms of getting stuff like that, described live 
I'm totally in line with Chris here. It's, it really depends on the show and, and, and what's required. A smaller show, a smaller fringe show with a, um, you know, in a smaller space that doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, set pieces and whatnot going on, you're still going to need someone to come in and, 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 you know, watch a preview and write the description and then probably produce it on, like narrate on site into headsets. If you get someone, if you can find, if you're lucky enough to live in a, in a, in a town or a city that's got a few folks who are kind of one-man band describers who've got access to some of the headset equipment and can come in and do that as a one-man band, it doesn't have to be prohibitive. It can be reasonably priced. If it's a big show with lots of set pieces and, you know, crazy numbers, and you want to also add a touch tour at the beginning, and you want to do a pre-show notes, which are fantastic, and I would argue almost essential for live theater, um, mm-hmm. you know, it can grow. That Then then your budget can grow a little bit. But frankly, if you're putting on a show that costs that much, you know what? The description team's not going to cost you any more than the champagne on opening night. And I think it's bloody well worth it. So, uh, you know, I think I think it can be done. If, if there's a desire, uh, I, th- I think folks can uh, uh, can find the money. Usually uh, w- describers generally aren't the most expensive thing on the ticket. Does anyone know if the there's an app called Access Live, L-Y-V-E, and that's often used in place of um, audio description headsets? Um, do you know, first of all, if that app is still active and if there's, um, you know, what the cost of using that app to distribute audio description to audience members, what that would be like? So, you know, I've actually got it on my phone and I've never had a chance to use it. Yeah, same um, here. But I'm fascinated by the idea. Um, I've, okay, I've, used so. a, I've used a couple of those streaming services before I did uh, just to muck around one time. I wanted to see what I could do. I took a, an audio streaming service and, and went to a, a the, the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition, which is like a giant, you know, a fair and I rode on rides and I did live description while riding down rides and I got a waffle cone and I described what it looked like when the waffle cone was being put together and people were live streaming in venue like just walking around the fair and also just being anywhere in the world that they wanted to tune in and it worked pretty well i think there are some simple solutions from the tech side that are basically free you know uh, as long as everyone's uh, organized in advance and on the same platform there's a lot that can be done with uh with cell phones uh, these days for sure yeah. could use zoom Good point. could use X Roy, any yeah. any comments Roy? i think uh what we're hearing from both jj and chris is value and that's awesome. both our audiences as well as the creators on a sidebar note, um, I worked with a group that got um, NBC and uh, Corday Productions to audio describe the soap opera Days of Our Lives. And um, I, I personally think that a huge artist who's a visual artist having one of their performances audio described would help move, you know, move us forward as well. So we're lobbying uh, Madonna's Madame X tour is going to be released to Paramount on October 8th. And we actually got a meeting set up for uh, the end of August to try to get them to add audio description to that performance. So guys, keep your fingers crossed and watch for hashtags and, and um, announcements where we can lobby them uh, as a long group. David, what, who is next? We've got quite a few here, but we'll see what we get to. Um, okay, um, Mo, you can unmute yourself. Hi, guys. 
So I have a quick, it's kind of a technical question on the script writing and kind of a personal inquiry, but it's also with the script writing. Um, so I, I do the next gener ACV next generation YouTube videos, and we're trying to implement a little bit of audio description into those. They're very basic at this time. And what I noticed is in that clip that you shared that the stage directions were not used. And I was wondering, um, why that is that you would not include the stage directions, like somebody's entering from this direction of stage. And then my other question is, is because it was a drag performance, it said that this person is in drag and then it continued to refer to them as she. And I just wondered why that was not something like Zim or Zer or some other kind of general neutral term, considering yeah. the fact they said drag first. But those are my questions. Thanks. Both excellent questions. Um, so uh, the first one, when it comes to uh, why not describe uh, stage right, stage left, um, you you definitely can, and in part that that's a that's a style choice. Um, for me, in a in a clip like this, it's seven minutes um, where a person where a backup dancer is entering from, you know, I want to make sure that they, if they come through the center part, the parted curtain, I want to mention that maybe I might say from the side of the stage, but I'm not overly concerned in a scene, in a, in a, in a setup like this, that I'm making sure every character is perfectly placed. What is more important to me is that the energy and the vibe is right. Right. I want to make sure oh. that the energy stays, stays high. And so I'm not going to get too mired down in the details. There might be another piece if i'm you know describing a sam shepherd and there's going to be a scene coming up where there's a physical altercation i want to make sure the audience knows that both players that are involved in the scene are you know down uh, you know center stage right or something like that so that when the encounter gets heated the, the audience has in their mind oh my god they're already really close together i bet this is getting you know what i mean so it, it really depends in that case um for gender this is a massive questions for, for audio description in general um but for describing pride and describing drag it's I mean, it's really challenging, and frankly, our it, it, the the our our norms and rules around language are ever shifting, ever changing. And I can tell you just a very quick little story about this. The very first time we did a pride parade in Toronto, we described it was in 2013. In the first minute of the parade, someone walked uh, down the parade route and I described them as a man in a dress. And someone very quickly came over to me and said, hey, 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 that person was in drag. And I said, well, actually, I was doing my best to distinguish because that was actually just a man in a dress. That wasn't a person with a flamboyant costume. That wasn't a person with with massive makeup. A man in a dress can be a man in a dress. Can also be uh, a drag queen. Uh, I, I it's you know I was trying to make a distinction for an audience. Uh, but in terms of identifying gender, it's really difficult when you don't know what pronouns people use. Um, it can be extremely difficult. Uh, the they, them pronouns in audio description are a real challenge um, because you don't always have time to you don't always have time to to set that up and if you don't yeah. set it up it leaves the audience members confused you know i i describe with pronouns and skin tone in ways that i don't necessarily i, I use language that's slightly different than i would in my day-to-day -day life because you have to be so incredibly clear and you can't leave someone thinking for a few seconds 
Oh, is that, is that, was that they meaning plural or was that they meaning gender neutral pronoun? Because if you've left someone thinking that for, te- for three seconds in a, in a piece like this, you've just lost four pieces of information, right? <laughs> and you leave your audience hanging. So for me, that's the real challenge, uh, uh, with gender, but you're absolutely bang on. Those are two very important things to consider when describing something like this. So good on you, Mo. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, and also just from a, from another pers- like uh, description perspective. Um, so we've, I've actually gotten the chance to describe a couple of uh, pieces, uh, one TV show and a movie where the characters were non-binary and we absolutely use they, them, but it was established in the show um, that they were non-binary. So we were able to, we, we referred to them as a person uh, wearing such and such. And we said they, them rather than, a man or a woman or a boy or a girl and um and of course the same applies when a trans character is there um they are of course not dead gendered they are referred to by their proper gender now in drags in drag um if you're dealing with a drag queen generally speaking when they're on stage that proper pronoun is she her generally Mm -hmm. and and generally speaking if you're dealing with a drag king uh, in other words a woman dressed up as a man then those pronouns should be he him and and again i'm being very very general here but that's that's generally been the the convention um in the game world and i don't see why five minutes left just to give you a heads up Sorry, I'm All right, let's take a pause for a second. David, we're continuing this room into the next program. So can we just continue to a- answer questions or do we have to close it and reopen it? You can keep it open, but I have to transfer hosts at some point. So just if you want to keep answering questions, go ahead. I, there is a yeah. closing code I have to give for this particular session. Let's give um, the closing code now and then we'll go to the next question. All right, and then I'm going to transfer it over to Cindy in a little bit. All right, but I'll give you the closing. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, guys. I just wanted to give you that no, heads perfect. up on time. Okay, so the closing code for the session is 13132. Again, the closing code for the CEU code is 13132. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys handle it and I'll transfer this over to Cindy. I think she's in, so I'll let her take over here in a few minutes. Go ahead. Then. All right, and thank you so much for uh, being our behind the scenes guy. Um, can you just tell us who the next hand is? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I've, I've got you for a few more minutes, so I'll take care of this for you now. Uh, Clarice, you can unmute yourself. Uh, so I think I have a couple of questions. Number one, do you guys do audio description on Netflix? Um, because the reason why I'm asking is because there's a show I watch, and it has an awesome audio description uh, called In the Dark, and the person or the character of mine the show, and I was also wondering that is... Uh, if that show is like uh, like ACB, if the ACB audio script project had anything to do with it, because that great it has great audio description. Chris, you might know that. I don't. Um, it, generally, the audio description project itself doesn't provide audio description. We, uh, they, I should say, I'm not a member of the, the the management group there, but they generally provide access to to description resources, and um, and then they coordinate uh, amazing programs at the conventions, and they also do uh, audio description institutes where they teach uh, writer writing and, and quality control and all that. Um, that. Uh, I don't know who does that show in particular, but 
But Netflix, here's the thing. Netflix is finally and blessedly an allowing description companies to give credits because blind people, again, this comes back to advocacy, wanted uh, wanted to know. They had the right to know who does their descriptions and who's, yeah. who's doing that work. And so Netflix finally said, okay, okay. So um, at the end of each episode of that show, I would imagine, provided that it's relatively new, um, there ought to be uh, some kind of an information about who is describing it. Um, if not, then either the show might be old or the show might be airing on television before it gets to Netflix and, and different networks have their own um, um, decisions to make about who, who, what, what information you get. You could always I ask on the you, you could always ask on the audio description Facebook group if anyone yeah. knows who does that and somebody will probably come yeah. through with an answer for you. If I could jump in quickly, the these sure. kinds of comments. If you have a moment to share with Netflix, you uh, on yesterday's panel with Carl, the streaming services they mentioned Netflix.com slash accessibility. I'm not sure if it's a form to fill out or not, but letting these companies know how important it is to hear quality audio description, and I'd love to know who I can thank for the creation of it. The, these kinds of steps give positive reinforcement to uh, streaming services and to the work that uh, that everybody is putting in to get the recognition that that these content creators deserve. David, who's next? Okay, I just want to make sure, Cindy, are you here? So we can make the transfer pretty straightforward. Are you here, Cindy? Yes, I am here. All right, good. So, yeah, I'll transfer you in a couple minutes. I just okay, want to make that's it seamless. fine. That's okay. All right. Um, Dan Newton, you're allowed to speak? Hi, hi. You good. So I just wanted to say a little more what, about the gender thing. When I was, I trained with Stacia last year, or it was this year, to do the Orlando Fringe. And so she said always go with what the character is, not the actor. So, I mean, in this case, yeah, it's obviously a drag queen. My understanding is drag queens go as she because the character is a woman. There was one that I described with um, Jacob Marley from Christmas Carol being played by a woman, but it was it was Jacob Marley. The character was a man, so it was always he. Well, thank you. Who's um, next? There's oh, a there's a show on there's a show on uh, HBO Max uh, where where things get uh, a little bit jumbly because uh, there. So it's called um, Legendary and. It's about the the ball the ballroom scene, um, yes, and voguing, and uh, that that is a pronoun mess. <laughs> it's very hard sometimes to figure out, but but that is described. So anybody who's interested in seeing more things like this can can go over there and check it out. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, the avant garde scene of drag, which is just one of one of many drag style performances. You know, it's also very, it's also often very gender neutral. Um, all right, let's take our next hand. Okay, um, this is going to be my last one, and then Cindy, you'll take over. Amber, go ahead, and you can unmute yourself. So that that was a really good video. Are we actually seeing that later? Uh, unfortunately, the interview is long, uh, long, so we've decided to run the video now. Um, but it will be available on the BPI webpage in a few uh, days or so. Okay, and one last thing. Um, I don't know if this is the right one to ask this in, but um, I don't have cable, and I know that preference for audio description tends to be given to cable. You know, you go to your provider and you put in this form. 
I stream a lot of stuff. And I have shows I want to watch on NBC and HBO Max and all this. But how, how do I get that? Is there access to that somewhere? Is there an app I can download? Because yes. I really want to watch these shows. Yes, there is. Um, uh, Byron can also help me with this question. Um, so so uh, you're over the air TV. If you would like to, to stream on your, on your standard television um, with an antenna, you can do that. Um, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and Fox um, all uh, should be passing it through. Uh, what city are you in, by the way? She might have gotten muted um, again. Sorry. Okay, so so it does depend on the city because they the uh, the networks. I'm are in only, Aniston, Aniston, uh, Alabama. Okay, so I'm not sure whether you meet the the. Uh, do your stations come from there, or are they are they um, brought in from like M- Mobile or or um, elsewhere? Yeah, because your smaller markets are not going to carry a lot of that. Yeah. Um. So. Basically, what you can do, though, is some of the some of the markets are willing to if they can get the signal, they're willing to pass it through. And so you can just call the station and say, hey, could you could you uh, would you be willing to pass that through? Um, And a lot of times they will, um, depending on depending on, you know, how much they have to do in any given day, Um, because sometimes if the network is providing the signal, it's just a matter of flipping a switch, literally. Um, Now, uh, when it comes to apps, you can use the ABC app to stream their content with description, um, not live, unfortunately, but if you look at the catalog of shows that they have and you have on your iPhone or iPad um, the option in accessibility, there is an option that says, um, prov- what is it, uh, provide audio description uh, automatically if detected or something like that. It's, it's at the very, it's near the bottom. And, and it, it will allow you, if you, if you engage that option, um, the shows that have description on the ABC app will pass through um, the audio description. And um, HBO Max, if you are on the player uh, once you get a show going you have to wait for the advertisement to go and then you can um engage the um you can kind of pull up those controls and and look at the settings and turn on audio description same with netflix and hulu hulu is getting better about it um and uh i can't really speak to nbc as far as their app um they don't just carry through Oh, it does. On a, on, yeah, on a lot of their programs, it's under the closed captioning. Yeah, so, great. Um, and then, of course, ABC. I mean, CBS All Access um, has lots of description. Again, you have to be within the program and not within an ad. If you're on an ad, you can't get to those controls. But you have to wait till the program engages before you can do it. A lot of the live streaming TV apps, like YouTube Live uh, and and Sling, a lot of times they don't pass that audio description through. <laughs> And yeah. so that's that's a real shame because, damn it, it's there. The local affiliate has it, um, but it's not being passed through. Um, there are sites which will remain nameless, but there are yes. places that you can go to find audio description that are not exactly kosher. And I'll leave that up to you to go find on your own. Um, but if your if your major streaming uh, service providers not providing you audio description, the bi- the best thing you can do is to email them or call them and complain. Because if they don't mm-hmm. know that you're out there and they don't know that you're wanting this content, they're not going to provide it. So complaining is your best way to get it. 
On that note, I have to go prepare for the next panel. Byron, if you can just usher another question or two and let everybody give final remarks. Roy, JJ, Chris, Byron, thank you so, so much. This has been great. I will be all be with you all shortly. Very good. Um, all right. Well, we since we're coming close to the um, the beginning of the next event, why don't we take final words uh, from people, and then um, if there are any questions after the the behind the makeup um, presentation, we can take them after that presentation. Chris, do you have any final final words um, or final thoughts? Yeah. I will. And I'll just kind of springboard off of Amber and, and what's been talked about most recently, because it's, it's kind of my, my position. Um, in my view, this is, I'm not speaking for any organization here. This is me as a, as a blind person. Um, in my view, audio description is a civil right and we must treat it that way. It's not a privilege. It's not something that we should be quote unquote, damn grateful for. And I will not, I will not divulge the, the nature of who said that, but um, that is not how this should be treated. We are not simpering peasants being tossed a bone. We are people who, who uh, require a service to fully participate in a medium and um, and this should be treated as such. And so when you have a situation where you're not getting the description and yet it is out there somewhere, then it is on us to be the uh, pearl, the the sand in the oyster, as it were, to to push and to irritate and to and to make them step up and do it. Um, it's it's nobody else is going to do it. It's up to us. We have to do it. Very good. Thank you for your for your comments, and I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Roy, do you have any final thoughts? I love uh, what Chris said. I'd like to also say that no sighted person has ever been faced with the discriminatory question, do you want more or do you want better? And I'm excited to hear how these kinds of panels are shifting the conversation from valuing cheap to valuing great. I love that. JJ, what, what are your final thoughts? And then I'll give mine. Uh, you know, I just want to piggyback on those last two comments. I, I I think it's fantastic that we have these forums now and we have these conversations that are ongoing on Twitter and that are ongoing uh, in the Facebook group. Uh, and it, it, it's an it's a privilege and an honor to be a part of those conversations. So, uh, you know, I, I, I thanks for for having me on this panel and, uh, you know, for anyone who ever wants to listen to uh, uh, to the description that uh, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to to uh, to create um thanks i appreciate it and uh and i'm always open to uh uh in eager for collaboration because th the more i collaborate the more i realize uh how much our industry has uh um has been missing for for far too long thank you so much jj and and truer words were never spoken um you know my my thoughts about audio description roy often says at the end of his podcast know your narrator um if you could have one wish granted um in, in the audio description world if you could if you could kind of change something about the future of audio description what would it be and mine would be less duplication there have been situations where and chris is a, chris <laughs> chris knows all about this because he's had it happen to him there have been situations where people will record seasons upon seasons upon seasons of shows They've put in the work. It's done. It's in the can. And then that show moves streaming platforms or it gets picked up by a different network or whatever. 
And instead of using the stuff that's already there, they do it again. They have some other company do it again. And they replace the hard work that was already done by someone else. And even worse is when they replace it with a robot. When they, when they <laughs> take your hard work and replace it with synthesized speech. And it's, it's, we, we need to stop that. We, we need to work together. We need to have something similar, uh, to the treaty that we have for audiobooks, where, uh, if someone from another country wants an audiobook and it's been done by someone in the U.S., then we have the rights to distribute that audiobook to the person in another country. We don't really have that kind of cooperation going on in the audio description world. And there are movies, TV shows, and other projects that are being duplicated by multiple companies. And it's, it's ridiculous. It needs to, it needs to stop. So anyway, that's, that's it. Um, we are out of time. I'm going to go ahead and drop the stream and give us some time to transition to our next event. This room will stay open, uh, until our next ev uh, event starts at 4.30. So, um, I'm going to actually play a little promo of things that are coming up in the next hour on ACB radio, and then we will slide on over into our next event. Hello convention attendees, my name is Jenny and I am here to provide announcements about activities that are coming up at the convention. Today is Wednesday, July 21st. Coming up at this year's convention in the next hour we will have the following events which will start at 5.30pm Eastern Time. Lessons in Leadership, which is heard on ACB Media 1. American Printing House for the Blind, which is heard on ACB Media 2. Audio Description in the Out of Doors National Park Service, the Uni Description Project, and the UniD app, which is heard on ACB Media 5. DKM Reception, which is heard on ACB Media 6. Behind the Makeup The Art and History of Drag, which is heard on ACB Media 7. Thank you for listening, and I will be back in a while with more updates. Stay tuned right here on ACB Media 7 at 4.30. We will start our Behind the Makeup presentation.